I'm Pastor Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and welcome to Church Online. If this is your first time watching us, we'd love to hear from you. Just leave a comment or a like, and let us know that you're watching. And also, if you need anything, you can always visit us at lifechurchutah.com, and we'd love to be able to pray with you about anything. If you'd like to participate in giving today, you can do so by texting the word LCGIVE to the number on the screen. Once again, thank you for watching Church Online here at Life Church Utah. God bless. All right. Well, we're going to jump into it today. And uh, the title of the message is, You Can't Depend on Others for Your Happiness. You can't depend on others for your happiness. Some people try to, but it just leaves you miserable, and it leaves them miserable. And if I were to give this a second title, it would be this. You might want to write this down. Suck it up, buttercup. So if you want, you can just scratch out. You can't depend on others for your happiness and just put in suck it up, buttercup, if that makes you feel better. But it is kind of that message or that kind of message. You know, we have to reach a point in our Christian walk where we finally say, you know what, God? I don't have to depend on anyone else or anything else for my happiness. I can trust you fully. You are all sufficient. You're going to meet my needs, and I'm not going to look for others to meet my needs. It's you and you alone. Amen? All right, let's pray, and then we're going to jump right into it. Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to be in your house with your people today. God, I pray that you will anoint each and every person in this room to hear your word. God, I pray that you will allow our hearts to be open and receptive to all that you'd have for us. Father, we invite you to do the work in each and every one of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, a sad young couple went to a pastor for counseling. After four troubled years of marriage and two children, they were considering divorce. She was the saddest-looking wife he had seen in many years. Her husband stood nearby, shuffling his weight from one foot to the other, while his teary-eyed wife sobbed out her confession. She said, there's absolutely no hope for our marriage now. We're in two different worlds. He is so wrapped up in his work that he has no time for me and the kids. My whole world has been wrapped up in him, but now I'm getting tired of just sitting at home, waiting on him to get home. I'm not accomplishing anything on my own. I don't even know if I love him anymore. Now, it disturbed the pastor to see such a fine young couple acting like strangers and even enemies. The pastor recognized the cause of their problem immediately. Both were bored, restless, and unhappy. Just like many other couples, they once stood before a minister to be married with their hearts filled with hope and anticipation that their marriage would be happy and fulfilling. Now, just a few years later, their hopes were in ashes. They became disillusioned, and try as they may, they couldn't seem to rekindle the spark of first love. It was then the ugly thoughts of divorce began to surface. By the way, just a housekeeping note, this would be a great opportunity to silence your cell phone. Not picking on anyone, not pointing anybody out, because I don't know whose phone that was. But I think you're going to be okay for the next 30 minutes. 
The pastor looked at the young wife and said, What a shame that all your happiness depends only on what your husband does. If he's a good husband, if he treats you the way you think you should be treated, if he spends a little time with you, then you may find a little happiness. But when he lets you down, you have nothing left. Your whole world rises and falls on the actions of your husband. And that's why you're so empty. She nodded and bowed her head sheepishly while the pastor continued. He said, young lady, you're not a whole person. You're just a half person. You cannot survive if you depend on someone else for your happiness. You need to find your own sense of happiness in yourself through God's power. You must become your own person and quit depending on your husband or someone else to make you happy. You have to find peace, contentment, and wholeness in your relationship with Christ. Now, she knew he was right. He had hit the nail right on the head. She promised to change her way of thinking and get involved with life herself. He left them convinced she was determined to step out of her role as an emotional cripple and find her own source of happiness through a renewed relationship with Christ. Husbands and wives are becoming emotional cripples who lean all over each other, causing both of them to fall. We mess up our relationships because we live under the influence of a lie. We have convinced ourselves we have a right to happiness and that our spouse, listen up, our boss, our coworkers, our parents, our kids, our grandkids are morally obligated to create it for us. You could throw pastor in there as well. The danger of that lie is that when we can't find the happiness we expect from them, we put all the blame on their failure to do what we think they should do. Divorce courts are filled. They're overcrowded with husbands and wives seeking divorce simply because their marriage brings them no happiness. They have irreconcilable differences. One such divorced husband said, God bless my dear wife. She tried so hard. I gave that woman three of the best years of my life, hoping she could learn to understand me and make me feel like a real man. She just didn't have it in her. She simply did not know how to meet my needs. That man will probably get married once or twice more, expecting his new wife to succeed where the first one failed. Some keep marching down the aisle with one new partner after another, trying desperately to find one miracle-working soulmate who will create happiness for them, who will fulfill them. But they seldom find it. Their misery and unhappiness increase with each new partner. It's not God's way. You need to know that no matter how hard they try and, know how, and no matter how far they look, no other human being on earth can create happiness for you. We could stop there. We could be done. Because that's the point. But guess what? I have five good points I'm going to give you. So thank you for staying. We appreciate that. Need to know that no matter how hard they try and no matter how far they look, no other human being on earth can create happiness for you. 
You have to discover it for yourself through the work of God in your own life. Also, marriage is not made up of two halves. Listen to me. Marriage is not made up of two halves trying to become one whole. Rather, Christian marriages consist of two whole people bridged by the Spirit of God. Marriage never works unless both parties maintain their own identity, settle their own values, find their own sense of fulfillment, and discover their own source of happiness. They must be complete individuals in themselves through the Lord. And the question here is, why would anyone allow someone else to damage and destroy your life? Why allow the actions of another person to rob you of your peace and joy? Why can't you be your own person? Why can't you look life right in the eye and say, from now on, I will not allow someone else, anyone else, to drag me down. I am determined to be a whole person, and I will discover my own source of happiness in Christ. No more leaning on someone else to give meaning and purpose to my life. I want a happiness that will not be lost just because I think someone else fails me. Now, there are so many areas of life where this principle of being a whole person in Christ is applicable. For example, as I've already said, marriage. Marriage is the first. I would say to every housewife who will listen, step out of your bondage of living your life only through others. God never intended that your happiness, that you find happiness only through your husband or your children. Now, I'm not suggesting that you abandon them, but only that you abandon your degrading bondage to the idea that your happiness depends only on other people. God wants you to discover a life of true happiness, true contentment based only on God and the right and proper relationship that you can have with him. Be the person God made you to be and not be dependent and negatively swayed by the moods, the whims, and the opinions of people around you. Men, you awake men? By the way, this is not nap time. This is Jesus' time. So wake up. Again, I won't be up here next Sunday. It doesn't matter. Actually, I will be taking up the offering, so don't bring your rotten tomatoes next week. You just have to move on. But men, don't fall for the lie that says you will only be complete if you find that perfect woman. Because guess what? I've already found her. Yeah. I'm teasing. That wasn't in my notes. That's extra. So. Psalm 107.9 says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Now, who is that he? It's God. And it's God alone. Now, the second area of newfound freedom is your family. How many of you have family? Everybody has family. Some are large, some are small, some are fun, some are not so fun. Many parents seem to find themselves held hostage. Listen up, parents, grandparents. Many parents seem to find themselves held hostage by the actions and decisions of their children. They may never say it, 
but their actions reveal what they're thinking. If my kids would just listen to me. Are my children listening to me? Yes, they are. If they would just get good grades, if they would just go to church, if they would just serve God with all their hearts, then I'd be happy. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should not teach our children to do well in school. Quite the opposite. And I'm not saying that we should not require them or expect them or encourage them to attend church because we should. And to not develop a real relationship with Christ because we should. If we did the opposite, it would be irresponsible. What I'm saying is that just like you and every other person in the world, there came a time where you had, you had to make the decision for yourself. You hearing me? There comes a time when every person has to make their own decision whether or not they're going to serve God. Some will make that decision to do so. Other people will not. That's the reality. Now, within our families, we all have people that, may not, that we may not really like. Am I just talking to myself here? I better say it again. We all have people in our lives that we may not really like. And others that hold opposing political and religious views. Uncle Fred, for example. I don't have an Uncle Fred, but somebody out here might. Uncle Fred, for example, might be a huge fan of Obamacare. Or Uncle Fred might be on the other side of the aisle and wear a Make America Great Again ball cap. Regardless of Uncle Fred's opinions, obnoxious as they may be, you can still find peace in Jesus. But you have to learn to understand and know the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Now, furthermore, you can learn to not allow Aunt Marge. I did have an Aunt Marge. I actually liked Aunt Marge. She was nice. Furthermore, you can learn to not allow Aunt Marge to steal your joy, even if she continually offers unsolicited parenting advice. She may tell you time and again everything you're doing wrong. My advice would be to accept what is true and forget the rest. But do not allow her to negatively influence you and ruin your family get-togethers. The same is true for your in-laws. Anybody have in-laws here? Yeah, this is the time you can respond. Anybody have outlaws? <laughs> All right. The same is true for your in-laws and your brothers and sisters. Know who you are in Christ, and you can have peace in the midst of their negativity. And listen, maybe even their over-the-top positivity. Amen. Just think about that. All right. Now, let me talk to everyone here today who has living parents. It is likely that if you're under the age of 25, you may have some level of disagreement with them. Just let that sink in. You are probably in an age range where you, may, where you may think your parents really don't know very much at all. Or at least they don't know as much about life as you do. In some cases, that may be true, but for most... You will hopefully reach an age or a season in life where it seems as though your parents are magically not as dumb as you thought they were. Ding. 
my mom was right after all. In fact, most people come to a point where they genuinely value and cherish their parents' wisdom and experience. Okay, we'll let that mellow. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, the third area where freedom can be found is on the job. You've got marriage, in your family, and now on the job. I can't tell you the number of people who genuinely struggle with work. They go from one job to the next, never seeming to find contentment and fulfillment. They're always seeming to blame their boss or their coworkers for their discontent. They say things like, my boss is so overbearing. My supervisor doesn't know what she's doing. I have more experience than she does. I don't like the way my boss leads. My coworkers are so ungodly. If I could just work at a place where everybody says and does what I think they should, then I could just be happy. If I were just given the promotion, the pay, and the respect I deserve, then I'd be happy. More than likely, that person's discontent really comes from within. Now, there are some bad bosses. There are some bad supervisors. There are a lot of people with big potty mouths. You ever work construction? Not everybody, but a lot. Now, yes, there are work environments that are very challenging. But God is big enough to come alongside you and me and give us everything we need to be successful and effective. Amen? Jesus did it. Think about that one. Jesus did it. In fact, 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything. Not most things, not some things, not everything on certain days. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Everything we need for the physical and spiritual aspects of living come from him. They are already provided. Don Stamps, author of the study notes for the Full Life Study Bible, which is also known as the Fire Bible, once said this about 2 Peter 1.3. No additional human wisdom, technique, or theory is needed to complete the sufficiency of God's word that reveals our perfect salvation in Christ. The words of Jesus and God's grace were adequate in the early days of the church to meet the needs of the lost, and they're just as adequate today. Absolutely nothing can offer more height, depth, strength, and help than what Jesus himself proclaimed and provided for us. Now, I hate to be so bold as to say this, but if we can't find the peace of Jesus in our place of employment, especially if this is your fifth job in the last 12 months, then there's probably a disconnect somewhere. The issue likely lies within. Colossians 3.23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. 
With this perspective in mind, even the toughest work situations can be manageable. And you can find victory and peace there. Now, all right. Everybody still awake? Really? All right. Nudge the guy next to you because I know there are some asleep. I'm just teasing. Sort of. So with this, pers or actually, since I am making so many friends this morning, <laughs> let me continue with the fourth area where freedom can be found, and that is in society. In society. We can get so bent out of shape by what we hear our politicians say. What we hear reported on the news, especially MSNBC, CNN, if you're on the other side of the aisle, Fox News. Personally, I can handle Rush Limbaugh in small doses. But if I listen to him for too long, I feel my blood pressure beginning to rise. Because it makes you feel hopeless. It makes you feel helpless. So again, I can handle Limbaugh in small doses, but if I listen to him for too long, again, my blood pressure just begins to skyrocket. If I, if I listen to or read too much of MSNBC, I get frustrated with the blatant and unabashed devaluing of people of faith and integrity. In fact, they seem to celebrate the ungodly and make fun of Christian people. Unfortunately, our culture's sense of morality is upside down. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, guess what, we're in the last days, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Verse 5. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Also, verses 10 through 14 say, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Verse 12, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life, you need to listen. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You know, we, we should have had a sign-up sheet for that ministry today. The suffering persecution list. I can guarantee you that no one would have signed up for that list. Verse 13, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. So the key words I want to focus in on here is Paul's clear admonition to Timothy. In verse 14 it says, 
but as for you. But as for you, basically forget about the mass dysfunction and abuses in society and focus on God and what you know to be right and true from his word. Paul paints this dismal picture of our culture and he says, so what? In spite of all the attempted distractions and harassment, put your focus where it should be on Jesus. Now, the following verse is not in your notes, but you might want to write it down. Philippians 3.14. And this is a great reminder for every one of us. It says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This verse gives us the image of a person being so focused on Jesus, the prize, that he or she will not be distracted or sidetracked by society, the devil, or anything else. Finally, the last area where freedom can be found is in your church. In your church. And I want you to fasten your seatbelts if you haven't done so already. We might be in for a little bumpy ride here. Someone might say, I don't think I will ever be happy with a new pastor. Now, I, don't, I personally don't want to be guilty of looking back on what God did with no anticipation and no vision for what God is doing today and what he's going to do in the future. I, for one, respect and honor those who have served Life Church in the past, but I also look forward to the bright future God has planned for our church. Amen. So let me dig this hole just a little deeper. My wife would say, put the shovel down. Some might say, I would be happy if the church would just sing the songs I like to sing. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for singing one of my very favorite songs. What's it called again? <laughs> what is it? I am free. There you go. That's one of my very favorites. I just didn't know what it was called. <laughs> I would be happy if the church would just sing the songs that I like to sing. I'd be happy if we still had pews and not these nice, comfy chairs. I'd be happy if we had enough light. Now, listen closely. I, there are a lot of words here. <laughs> I would be happy if we had enough light in the auditorium to mimic the lumen level of the surface of the sun. Or, I'd be happy if the lights weren't so bright after all. So what you're saying is that if it's not like you want it, you're just not going to be happy. Ouch. Well then, there may be no making you happy because you have to find your happiness in the peace and contentment that comes from a vibrant, growing relationship with Jesus Christ and not from the temporal things around you. People and stuff, lighting and music included. Paul said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Furthermore, Philippians 4, 11 through 13 say, not that I have ever, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing, 
or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? Not your husbands or your wife, your best friend, your kids, your boss, the president, or even your pastor. Only God can meet your needs. So go ahead and share your problems with your friend or your pastor or a professional counselor. Those things may be important. But in the end, they can only help you if they make you face yourself. You have to do it on your own. Take your needs to the Lord and allow him to make you a whole person. Eventually, you'll have to get rid of every crutch and excuse and lean completely on Jesus alone. When your relationship with the Lord is wrong, it affects all human relationships. Most married couples are not having trouble with their marriage. Rather, they're having trouble with God, with faith, with prayer. Therefore, they have trouble with each other. When people confess to me that their marriage is in trouble, I don't really have to look very far and dig too deeply until I discover that they are not where they should be with the Lord. They're bored with the things of God, so they're bored with life and marriage. They have lost touch with God and in turn have lost touch with their spouse. They're not really suffering from a lack of communication with each other. They're suffering mostly from a lack of communication and connectivity with God. When people quit talking to God, guess what? They quit really talking to each other. And people who quit talking to God soon get very lonely, depressed, and unhappy. They're actually lonely for God. They're hungering for fellowship with Him. They're yearning for His close love and His nearness. But instead of recognizing these needs as spiritual, they blame their lack of fulfillment on other people and institutions. If most, if most Christians were truly honest, they would have to admit that there is nothing terminal about their marriage. There's nothing terminal about their marriage. Their family, their job, their society, and their church problems. What is wrong is their relationship with the Lord. They get frustrated and they take it out on other people. There's a saying that goes, hurting people hurt people. And it's so true. That empty, restless feeling is a hunger for God. But instead of returning to Jesus to satisfy that thirst and that hunger, most Christians actually drift farther away and fall deeper into despair. There's not a Christian in this world who, deep in his heart, is not aware that God will help him if they just allow him to. We know God can heal all of our hurts, that he can heal any marriage and any relationship, no matter how strained it is, that he will wipe away every tear and bring joy, but we simply do not take the time and put in the effort to turn to him when we are in need. We turn to TV, we turn to the internet, we turn to um, drugs, alcohol, other people. I'm here to tell you, you can be happy as God defines happiness. You can be a whole person and you need never again lean excessively on another human being. This is not to say that we don't need one another because we do. We need the prayer, help, fellowship, 
and comfort of loving friends and family. But there can be no lasting happiness if we expect others to create it for us. We can't feel our way out of this, people. We have to take steps to move ourselves in this new direction. And how do we do this? We can change our expectations of other people. Change your expectations of other people. And here are two specific, helpful, and practical steps that everyone can take in order to bring positive change in yourself. Number one, pray. Oh, I don't want to pray. That's so hard. Prayer is tough. At least the discipline of prayer is tough. Question is, do you want to grow or not? If you don't want to grow, don't pray. You want to change? Pray. You don't want to change? Don't talk to God. It's your choice. Pray and ask God to help you see yourself and others from his perspective. And number two, read your Bible. I know these two points are just mind-blowing. <laughs> they are incredible. I should have written a book about these. I could have been a hundred heir, I can guarantee you. That's a person who makes hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Pray, read your Bible, study it. Spend time with God, and he will give you a new outlook on people and life in general. It all goes back to God, people. Guess what? Before anything else was, who was there? God and God alone. Life, eternity, is all about God. He just created us so that we could be in fellowship with him, so that we could partner with him, so that we could experience him and he could experience us as well and by the way gaining new perspective does not necessarily mean that you have been completely wrong sometimes we just need God's courage and assurance to keep doing the good that we are already doing so the question is why not allow God to renew your heart renew a right spirit in you and reveal to you that in his presence there is fullness of joy that is why Jesus said in Matthew 14 and also chapter 28, be of good cheer. I am with you always. Amen? Amen? So even though you cannot depend on others for your happiness, you can most assuredly, confidently depend on God. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.